Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour on Christmas week. We are glad you're with us this afternoon. Bob Getty from the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Kelly Sander will be joining me a little later in the program. Opening segment of the show, as it is every day, is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. They're doing catering right now. For any family get-togethers you may have planned over the next couple of weeks, be sure that Dickies is on your list of people to check with. They can cater any event, large or small. They can do it buffet style. They can do it individually. However uh, you feel the best about it, uh, Dickies is there to help you. As I said, Kelly Sander joining us uh, later in the program. But uh, to kick off things today, we've got head baseball coach Scott Berry. And uh, Coach Berry, first of all, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you, Bob. All right, lots to ask you about, Coach. And I know you're not a big guy on polls, but uh, the uh, Collegiate Baseball uh, Fabulous 50 poll was released uh, this morning. Golden Eagles ranked as the number 29 team in the country. And I know you're not going to say a whole lot about polls, but consistently every year it seems like the program now is ranked in the top 30, which is kind of the measuring stick, I think, for college baseball right now as far as polls are concerned. Must make you feel pretty good. Well, uh, it does. I mean, certainly we take a lot of pride in recognition, and recognition is based on, uh, I, I feel like, what you've done traditionally, and uh, and there's been a consistency in our program that is that is allowed to be a, uh, us being recognized year in, year out. So certainly you're right. That is a measuring stick, and uh, where the first poll is uh, means nothing, the last poll is the one that we're trying to certainly be at the top of and uh, but it is nice to, to be recognized there at the beginning all right coach uh, lots to ask you about uh obviously there's a lot of anticipation about baseball because we had a short season last year cut short after that game in troy where you guys are on the road came from way behind uh, win the game in troy and everybody's all pumped up and feeling great and uh i don't guess anyone could have imagined that that was the last game of the year as you look ahead to 2021, uh, where would where would you say today things stand in so far as the 21 season is concerned? Uh, for ourselves or for college baseball? Well, for yourself and for college baseball in general, coach. Yeah. I guess two phases. Well, you know, certainly uh, last year we uh, we were playing pretty good uh, when March 10th ended uh, against Troy. Like you said, a road win over there at Montgomery Biscuit Stadium. So. Uh, and then all of a sudden we're shut down. We had a really, uh, what I felt like was a fun, young team uh, with some newcomers on there, both uh, some JUCO transfers as well as, as some really young freshmen that got experience in the first 16 games of, of that season. But, you know, moving into the fall, I was very pleased with uh, how everything went in the fall. We were able to get in 20 scrimmages, which is probably eight more than we've ever gotten in in prior years why i really don't know but for some reason uh, we were just able to scrimmage a whole lot more 
And uh, so, which was important, particularly when our season was cut short in the spring and they didn't get game reps uh, through regular season games, a lot of them uh, didn't play in the summer. We did have a few that went out and, and actually got to play. But, you know, everybody came in in the fall very fresh, uh, both from an energy standpoint, uh, from a physical standpoint. Their bodies weren't broke down. And it was it was really a good fall. Uh, I was very pleased with how we competed day in, day out. Our guys really locked in and, and are, are ready, just like everybody else, to move into the spring and start playing uh, spring baseball again. As far as baseball and college right now, of course, we're still – have a lot of uncertainties. I was just on a conference call this morning with our head coaches and our conference office about the 21 season. Uh, certainly the next probably three weeks are going to tell the story. If there's any adjustments in our schedule, anywhere from a uh, limited number of non-conference games to conference-only games to whether we'll play a 56-game schedule, if we would have uh, games reduced, you know, there's still a lot of uncertainty, but you asked off the air, how did I feel about it today? I feel good about it today. You know, and my statement that I made with the uh, the, the meeting this morning was, is that uh, we didn't follow the uh, the model that some other conferences did in football. Conference USA did, didn't. We continued to play the full schedule that we had uh, scheduled, uh, where other conferences played only conference games only. I thought that, uh, you know, and that was my message to our guy this morning. Let's take the same approach with baseball. You know, let's don't back off. Football made made it work the best they could. Baseball can too. So each decision is going to be made by conference, uh, by each individual conference. The NCAA is not going to mandate and say, all right, everybody's playing 48 games and you can play only conference games only. Each conference will be responsible for that. And you've seen a few few conferences that have come out and and uh, have, uh, have 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 put some uh, put some limits on what they're doing. The ACC has uh, the Big Ten is playing conference only, but Conference USA we haven't we haven't made that decision yet, uh, so we're still kind of waiting there. So obviously, what other conferences do will affect a portion of your schedule potentially. Is that correct? Well, absolutely. You know, I think the first one to come out with their conference schedule was Louisiana Tech. And, of course, Louisiana Tech is, is moving into a brand-new stadium this 2021 season. Uh, they, have, they had an exciting home schedule uh, uh, for, for, this, for this year, and, and they released it early, you know, to really kind of generate the fan interest. And uh, right off the bat, two weeks later, Big Ten announces – conference only so they all of a sudden they lose four games from the university of illinois that illinois was supposed to come down so i think that's what we're trying to stay away from and as far as i know law tech is the only comp only cusa conference school to have released their schedule mm-hmm. we're all kind of waiting and, and and kind of seeing where this thing goes before we release it i keep hearing and no one will give me any specifics but i keep hearing that if everything works out this is going to be a really exciting schedule well, it is. I mean, it's going to be a very competitive and tough schedule, too. So, But, you know, that's what we like, and uh, that's what we need, uh, we need to face day in, day out. If, you know, if we're going to play there at the end and, and we want to be prepared to play at the end, then we've got to play it early and in the middle uh, to, to get there. 
Well, it seems, Coach, uh, with eight returning uh, position players, fifteen returning uh, pitchers, uh, and a lot of a lot of exciting new names on the roster, it just seems like we're in store for a great year. Well, you know, I, I like the pieces of the puzzle that we have to work with. You know, this this fall was a time where we put a lot of people in different positions. Position players moved around. We were trying to use. Uh, be able to identify and, and be able to utilize them in any capacity uh, that, that we can to win games this spring. Same way with the pitching staff. You know, we, we put a lot of guys in different roles. We, we tried people at starters. We brought people in in different uh, game situations that we uh, manipulated ourselves with, you know, runners on, and you inherit these runners and see if you can get out of it. So it was a good fall to try to see exactly where these guys are going to help us win in the spring. And, and they were very receptive to every every move that we asked them to make. So that that makes you feel good as a coach, you know, when you got guys that drop your head because they feel like they're, they're best suited for this position. Certainly we want guys on our team that feel like that wherever you put me, I'm going to help you win, and that's what we need. About 90 seconds left, Coach. One other thing I wanted to ask you, we, we did a story not too long ago about – Major League Baseball reducing the number of minor league teams because of financial issues that COVID has uh, presented, and that there there may be a, a permanent reduction in the number of minor league baseball teams. That indirectly, if happens, that'll have an effect on college baseball, will it not? If if junior players don't have as many uh, you know draft selection opportunities, you might see some of these kids sticking around a year longer. Am I right there? Well, 100% right. And you're going to see many more high school kids that come to college instead of opting to sign professionally as well. So I think you're going to see uh, there's going to be some – not everybody's going to get a chance to play baseball. Let's just say that because mm-hmm. there's not going to be the room, the numbers out there for the opportunities at different levels to play at. So there's going to be some people that normally uh, would have had an opportunity to, to probably play at a higher level uh, past high school that that might not get that opportunity now. So, and I get it. It is a business. I mean, when you start looking at uh, how major league baseball operates in the minor league system and and you start talking about insurance, you start start talking about workman's comp and there's a lot of money that goes into, into those organizations. And uh, you know, I, I, from what I've been told, the owners just don't feel like that, the, the risk are there great enough to have that that many numbers and those many teams for what they're trying to get to with the final product in the big leagues. So real quickly, do you think this is a positive for college baseball? I think it is, yes. Yeah. I, I definitely do because I think you're going to see more kids that will come to college more than going to pro ball now. That's great. And kids will stay, and kids will stay longer. Yeah, that's great. All right, Coach, always good to hear from you. We really appreciate all of your appearances on the Eagle Hour. Merry Christmas to you and your family, Coach Barry. Well, the same to you, Bob, and all the listeners out there. Merry Christmas. All right, Coach Scott Barry, everybody, one of the fine gentlemen in the sport of college baseball and one of the best coaches around. We'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Looking for something uh, 
to fulfill the wishes of a golden eagle on your Christmas list, Campus Book Mart is the answer on Hardy Street right across from the Southern Miss Campus. You can visit them six days a week, or you can shop online at campusbookmart.net. And uh, we thank them. Also, another great Christmas gift idea would be a gift certificate to D1 or DBAT training facility on Hardy Street. They've got some special membership deals that include some discounts in their pro shop. So you can get a discounted membership and at the same time, a discount in the pro shop where you find a bunch of great gift ideas. And uh, what better gift for a baseball, softball player or an adult athlete in your family that just wants to... uh, Really get in good shape in 2021. A a membership to D1, D1 Fitness might just be the key. All right, big news broke today with uh, Southern Miss football, and that is that, um, well, Kelly, it seems like the Golden Eagles in the next couple of years are going to go on the road to play at one of the most famous uh, venues in the country. It's announced today that the opening game for the 2024 season, which, of course, when you're you're in my age, Bob, we, we literally take them one season at a time. That's exactly but right. <laughs> 2024, the Golden Eagles are headed to Columbus, Ohio, to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes of the Big Ten Conference. That announcement uh, being made today by the university. They're so pretty good, that? aren't they? They're pretty good, aren't they, Ohio State? Um, I hear tell. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm all for it. I mean, you know, listen, what's the difference? I'm glad to see them play some different schools besides just to go make the money by playing Auburn and Alabama. I agree with you, um, but make no mistake, it is a money game, right? I mean, yeah. Um, and look, and, and don't be surprised if, you know, throughout the, the next three or four years, you're going to get two or three of these money games. Um, because, again, it's something that we'll talk about a little bit later on, it doesn't even matter necessarily what your record is in football anymore as to whether you go to a bowl game or not. You could go undefeated in Conference USA and still get a very, very low bowl. So I think that, I think that as it becomes more clear that the Power Five are just going to kind of do their own thing and leave the rest of the other schools, including Southern Miss, out, the win-loss record isn't going to be as important. And if that's not as important, then why not go play some games to make some money? And, yeah, you could play the Alabamas and the Auburns and the Tennessees and Kentuckys. But, look, that could still happen. That's what I'm saying. You, you might right. get some years where they'll play two or three of these. And since the losses don't seem to matter, uh, since, you know, it, it, as proven by, you know, UAB and, and Marshall that had really good years and still, still didn't get very lucrative bowls, that this is the new world that these you know right. mid-majors, so to speak, are living in. Well, let's talk about that for a minute because the bowl season is set, and I do understand that we're in the middle of COVID-19. I mean, I get that. We've been talking about that every day here since March. But I don't know. You know, I think it's embarrassing this year. I think that you could have eliminated 90% of the bowl games, and I'm going to give you some reasons why. Let's start in Conference USA because I don't want to be accused or anybody think it's just an attack on the SEC for me. Uh, as always, but you got a four and five North Texas team and a five and six Western Kentucky team playing in the Myrtle Beach Bowl and the Lending Bowl. And the American Athletic Conference, a three and four Houston team playing in the New Mexico Bowl. But I got to tell you, Kelly, nothing's more glaring or, or nothing's more obvious than the SEC. Four and six Kentucky playing in the Gator Bowl, three and seven Arkansas in the Texas Bowl. Three and six Tennessee in the Liberty Bowl, four and five Ole Miss 
on January the 2nd in the Outback Bowl, and then the two worst, 2-7 and seven, Mississippi State in the Armed Forces Bowl, 2-8 and eight, South Carolina and the Gasparilla Bowl. I'm just going to say it. If if I were the head coach of a team that were two and seven or two and eight, and I was told we had been invited to a bowl game, I would say no. We haven't done anything to be invited to a bowl game. I would have said no. But apparently, no one has any pride anymore, Kelly. I don't think you could have said it any better, Bob. Because if if you didn't say that, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Is I, I'm not. I am not one of these. Uh, everybody gets a trophy kind of guys. And and furthermore, players who play at that elite level, feel the same way. They're, privately, they're probably saying, are you kidding me? What a joke. I'd, I'd rather be at home with my parents over the holidays. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I think that's you a know? really good point, yeah. I mean, I mean because it's, it's embarrassing. Because it, you're kind of, I compare it to like the, the, the kid on the Little League team that gets to play shortstop and bat fourth because his dad is the coach. Yeah. And everybody knows it. Except him. Yeah. Cop. Except the kid. Yeah. Right? So, so everybody knows that South Carolina is getting to go to this bowl game because they're, you know, because they're in the SEC. But it's, everybody else is laughing at them, but yeah. they're not laughing at themselves. It's, it's a joke. And the fact that you've got one of the most prestigious programs ever in Army, who's 9-2. and two, And doesn't get invited to a bowl game. That's, and that's, that's shameful. No, that's worse than shameful. It's it's the United States Military Academy. Exactly. They're nine exactly. and two. They're the most outstanding. You, you take every team that's playing in every bowl game, and you won't find a roster uh, with as many high class individuals as you will on that Army football team. I don't and of think. course, we're we're partial to Army anyway because you know they're coached by Jeff Munkin, who's the first cousin of Todd Munkin. Right. And but but that aside, they're nine and two. They're nine and two. Yeah, and you can't tell me that. And look, with all due respect to to our brethren in the conference USA, maybe you know one of our teams should have backed out. And somebody, oh, I agree. Have, I don't know how Army did not get invited, but the fact that South Carolina, I mean, seriously, I would be embarrassed if I were those. And guys. Kelly, they're going to play the conference USA champion. UAB won the conference championship Friday night, and they're going to play a two and eight South Carolina team as a reward. And I, I, I got to hand it to Luke; he called UAB winning that game. I really thought Marshall would. Yeah, but um, but Bill Clark, you know, just con- consistently year in and year out, the Blazers, you know, they might not do anything; it might not look glamorous, but uh, when the smoke clears, they're always, always seem to be the one that are that are left there. Yeah. So good, good for the Blazers, but <laughs> but. You say that, Bob, that, that their reward is getting to play South Carolina. But look, this is, this is a legitimate chance for Conference USA to thump. Yeah. To thump an SEC team. But, Kelly, so, does the, is this the catalyst that's going to make whoever's in, whoever it has to be moved to make some changes in college football? I mean, is this going to be the catalyst that finally does it? When you're, you literally have teams that have won two stinking games all season and they're going to bowl games because they're in the SEC. And if I'm not mistaken, one of those games that South Carolina won was like against South Carolina A&T or South Carolina it's State. pitiful. I mean, it's you really know, pitiful. Um, you, you know, you might be able to chalk this up to COVID, Bob, because, you know, all the rules were off as far as the number of wins. But, but, but it goes back to the original point that you made. There is no way that I would have accepted an invitation with a two and 
two and seven or two and nine team, whatever it was. That's that's embarrassing. That's almost an insult. But but I would have I would have made that point clear a long time ago to the bowl, you know, presidents or the people who organize these things. If we don't meet a certain standard, don't even ask. Yeah, well, here's what's shameful, though, Kelly. I don't. I haven't heard of any of these teams even thinking about turning down the bowl game. Well, I, you're right. You're right. But now, if you're a South Carolina fan, well, just forget South Carolina. Let's just say you're a Southern Miss fan, and the Eagles went two and nine and got a bowl invitation. Would you go? No, I would be embarrassed to go. I, I, I wouldn't go either. No, I would not go either. And so, I will be real interested to see how many South Carolina fans are going to be proud of their Gamecock team going out there at two and, you know, whatever it was, to try to, to, try to win a bowl game. But again, you can't necessarily fault the school um, because somebody asked them, uh, but I, I would have. You know what's the worst of all of them, though? You know what is the worst of all of them? Two and seven Mississippi State is going to play, now brace yourself for this, in the Armed Forces Bowl. So the Armed Forces Bowl takes a two and seven Mississippi State team over a nine and two Army team. You know, you have to ask yourself. You, you can't make this kind of stuff up, Kelly. You have to ask yourself: Does anyone associated with the Armed Forces Bowl or Mississippi State have a shred of dignity? I mean, you just have to ask yourself that. And that would that would have been um, the obvious choice. The well, Armed of course. Forces Bowl. Well, yeah. of course, that would have been the obvious choice. But nevertheless, it's two and seven Mississippi State, three and six Tennessee, three and seven Arkansas, four and six Kentucky, two and eight South Carolina, four and five Ole Miss playing on New Year's weekend, three and four Houston, four and five Texas, North Texas, five and six Western Kentucky. What can you say, Kelly? But congratulations on a great season, guys. My heavens. Well, the only thing I can say, Bob, is under these under these parameters, maybe the Bengals could go to the Super Bowl. Well, I think they ought to at least be given an invitation to the playoffs, don't you? <laughs> Everybody else apparently is. I mean, my heavens! So uh, we do we do have some other other good uh, news on the football front for Southern Miss. That Frank Gore Jr. and Hayes Maples were both named to the second team All Conference uh, team for the football season this year for their for their great play. And of course, they're both very very young. And Gore, you know, is on the all-freshman team. so yeah. um, And deservedly so, I might add. I agree. Yeah, yeah for sure. All right, so Southern job, Miss guys. basketball seems to be getting its legs underneath it. And the women played their first game of the year. Kelly and I will talk about that and more right after this. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 8.95 lunch. That's what you find every day at 4th Street Bar and Grill right there in the shadow of the rock. Slade and the guys make always fun at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Whether you're enjoying their great plate lunches Monday through Friday, a dinner dinner meal with a good shrimp pull boy or what have you, and a cold beer. Whether you go down to shoot a little pool, enjoy the memorabilia, catch your favorite football game, 
and uh, have a call one. Whatever your reason for going, make sure you go to Fourth Street Bar and Grill. And and Bob, I, I will tell you too that uh, Fourth Street's going to be open Christmas Day. Is that right? So, okay. Yeah, he so, told us yeah. one time that's a big day. Christmas afternoon oh. is a big day. Yeah. Well, well, if you're a loser like me and don't have anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Hang out with uh, on Christmas Day. Yeah, uh, yeah. Losers unite uh, at Fourth Street. Yeah, yeah. It's, sure. it's one of their biggest biggest days of the year. And and obviously, I'm joking about the losers. Just for my own research, <laughs> I asked somebody. I said, "Man, it's Christmas Day. How come you know you're not at home with the family?" And they said, "The reason I'm here is because I've been with the family." Yeah, that's why I'm drinking. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. That's right. Uh, congratulations to UAB winning the Conference USA Football Championship Friday night over Marshall. I know you thought Marshall was going to win, and and I really did. I did in a sense too. But boy, I tell you what, I don't know, I don't know what happened to Marshall uh, after running up that uh, long win streak. But they did not look good their last two games, Kelly. Well, against Rice, what they put up five interceptions. Yeah, I mean five picks. Yeah. I mean, Haskins of the Redskins doesn't even put up those kind of numbers. He's close. Give him time. He just hadn't been playing much. He threw, <laughs> well, he threw two yesterday, so he's on a he's on a good pace. <laughs> but, but two ain't five, and, and right, I just right. I just don't think uh, I don't think the herd ever really, you know, recovered. But but from a mental standpoint, too, Bob. Again, any of these teams in conference USA, let's just say Marshall would have gone undefeated. You know, what, what did he get to go to the New Orleans Bowl? Yeah, I mean, big big deal. I mean, no disrespect to New Orleans. I mean, I'm I'm always up for for going, but I'm just saying, if you go undefeated and win your conference, and that's that's what you get, yeah, is, is the New Orleans Bowl um, again something? And, and we think it will happen, hopefully sooner rather than later. But they really need to just cut cut loose the Power Five, and um, you know let the mid-majors like the Southern Misses and the Central Michigans and the Toledos and, you know, Louisiana Lafayette to, to do our own thing. Um, it, I just think it would be better for everybody all the way around. And, and the fact that, you know, Notre Dame got in the top four, um, my son and his, some of his buddies were talking about that yesterday about Notre Dame after just getting drilled by Clemson, you know, they're still in the top four when, even though it's an SEC team, I had to defend Texas A&M. I, I just think Texas A&M's body of work was a lot better. And Texas A&M didn't get in. And, and, and Notre Dame got in. And why do you think Notre Dame got in? Because it's Notre Dame. Yeah. Because of the national prominence and, yeah. and the money that goes with Notre Dame. And they are going to get absolutely crushed by Alabama. <laughs> it's not going to be pretty, is it? <laughs> no. And, and it, it, both of this, and, you know, just so we can get an Alabama-Clemson, you know, and I'm not sure Ohio State's going to do much better against Clemson. Right. And then here we are again. You Ohio, know? Yeah, you're right. Alabama and Clemson, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, your, your point's well taken. Uh, UAB has another solid year. UAB goes and wins the conference championship game, and I guess what was a bit of an upset. And the Conference USA champion is rewarded with the Gasparillo Bowl against 2-8 and eight South Carolina. You're right, <laughs> Kelly. It's past time to break off the Power Five and the uh, Group Five. Past time. And what exactly is Gasparilla? Have we do, I know Sasparilla is a drink, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But isn't that, isn't that just terrible? All yeah. right. Well, enough on the bowl games. I think we've made our feelings there very clear. Uh, basketball, the uh, men win again this weekend. Uh, they knock off Louisiana Monroe 60-47. to uh, get back uh, to 500. Seems like they're getting their legs under them a little bit, Kelly. Yeah, they only went into that game as a three-point pick at home. 
and the fact that they that they won by you know thirteen. I know Drain start you know starts starting to warm up a little bit, but but you're going to see this probably throughout the year, Bob. We've talked about how consistency is important, and that you get some games, you know, play two games a week, you know, maybe every once in a while three games a week. But you know, they beat the Warhawks on Saturday. Now they have to wait until you know the 28th of December to play again, and that game was a fill-in game. And it's with an NAIA school, Loyola, out of New Orleans, you know, just to get a game between the win against Louisiana Monroe and then the Conference USA opener is New Year's Day. So, again, they're just, they're just because of COVID, there's just no consistency. You just can't get any games in on a regular basis. Yeah, and it'll and, step way up when they start Conference USA play. I think, and it, don't they have, um, it's one of the Texas teams that's that's pretty good that they're going to play, start out with playing, and they're going to play them two games, like, right? Am I right on a Thursday yeah, and then on yeah, a Saturday? Yeah, Friday, Friday, and it goes every week, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, Friday, Friday Saturday. Saturday, okay. Pretty much pretty much from here on out. But but the, the point of playing games consistently, teams that have an experienced roster, guys who know the system, they're going to be so much, you know, on paper, they're going to be so much further ahead than a team like the Eagles, who, you know, Jay Ladner's got, what, nine new faces right. on this team that are still trying to develop some chemistry, still trying to learn the system. And just when you think they've got it, oh, we've got nine days off now, or right. ten days off. Um, so, again, the teams with the experience, it's not as crucial that those guys, because they've been around longer. But these new guys, it's, it was really important for them to get some more games under their belt. Again, nothing that Jay and them can do about it. It just is what it is. But... Um, it doesn't bode well for the Eagles heading into the Conference USA season, and then playing one of the one of the top teams, or projected to be one of the top teams, mm-hmm. the Miners. Although the games are at uh, Reed Green. Uh, well, a great example of that is the women's program. Now, the women's program has been hit hard with COVID nineteen. The coach has been out sick, Joy Lee McNellis. Uh, when I talked to her a week before last, she said that. Um, over the previous couple of three weeks, they had never been able to get more than four players at one time to practice because of COVID-related issues and quarantines and what have you. So they really just have not had any opportunity at all to prepare for the season. And they played William Carey Crosstown team, of course, this weekend and, and won 57-50. All due respect to William Carey women's basketball, we both know that in a normal circumstance, Southern Miss would be uh, I think it's fair to say a much more talented and deep basketball team than Kerry. I think the close score, Kelly, is simply an indication of their inability to get on the floor and get their team ready. Yeah, certainly you could certainly make that argument. Now, the Lady Eagles did beat Nichols uh, for their first game of the year, and that was mm-hmm. a chance for Coach Joy Lee McNellis to coach against her son, Connor McNellis, mm-hmm. is uh, an assistant coach at at Nichols. So they were able to get that game under their belt. But, yeah, so realistically, the Lady Eagles are going to go into Conference USA, you know, the Conference USA schedule with maybe having played three games. And we kind of scratched our heads a month ago when the NCAA announced that it would take 12 games, that your team would have to play 12 games to be eligible for the postseason tournament. And we're going 12 games. That's not very many. But, look, as, as now they've discovered another strand of COVID, which is supposedly more deadly uh, than the than the first two. They're now saying that there's going to be an upswing in deaths because of COVID. There might be teams that are lucky to get 12 games in. Period. You know, Duke canceled all of their games uh, prior to. They're they're just going to play conference games. 
So, yes, the vaccine is out, and that's all good news, and we're getting the healthcare workers vaccinated and, um, and our elderly vaccinated. That's all well and good. But until, let's say, Major League Baseball doesn't want to play until May, hoping that they can get you know, all the players vaccinated. So I, I just don't know how the NCAA is going to get right. 12 games in. I hope, hope they do. But Well, it will make you feel better that 31-year-old Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez got vaccinated this weekend, Kelly, because she's well, essential. What did she get vaccinated for? COVID. She got the COVID vaccine and did it on social media and talked about how proud she was to set the example. And you have to ask yourself, you're 31 years old and and you're getting a vaccine over before some of the frontline medical workers in this country are. And I I don't know, man, that, you know, I was a little optimistic a week or so ago when we got the news about the vaccine that this was really going to clear the way for our spring sports. But you got to wonder, Kelly, I, I think I'm beginning to think we're going to be hoping that by football season, things will be back to quote unquote normal. Is that pessimistic well, or realistic? You know, no, I, I, I think, you know, that, that's the way you need to emotionally plan or prepare. But now with the Moderna, with the Moderna, you know, vaccines going out, I'm hoping they're going to you know kick this thing in the rear end and 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 get it going um because again according to dr fauci about a month ago he said that they're really everybody does their job so to speak including we as residents you know getting vaccinated he didn't think that there would be any reason why we couldn't go back to quote unquote normal sports lives you know about april this year well i hope for the first time he's right yeah (laughs) so maybe And, and you know and then kelly let's be optimistic Uh, they play very well they get it all together and Mississippi State surges to a three-win season with a big victory in the Armed Forces Bowl. That'll kind of set things right for 2020, don't you think? And give us optimism well, going into the new year. Yeah, and then if you win four games next year, that would be a you know 25 percent increase, you know, compared to the to the year before. Um, four games, I don't know, Kelly. That conceivable, they could be in the national playoffs if they well, could. Well, here, they here's my games. question, Bob. What the Eagles win? Three games? Yes. Why aren't we in a bowl game? Exactly. Why not? We won one more game than Mississippi State. We're sitting home for the holidays. One more than South Carolina. Yeah. How about that? Well, I think we know the answer to that, huh, Kelly? Yes, we do. All right. We'll wrap it up after this. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back. This segment sponsored by our good friends at Hattiesburg Toyota. We thank them for their support. They're a great, uh, great auto dealer here on Highway 98 with a huge inventory of super fine Toyota trucks, SUVs, and cars, and a great inventory of pre-owned vehicles as well. Service after the sale, always important as well at Hattiesburg Toyota. So if you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, uh, don't make a buy till you've checked out the inventory and the deal at Hattiesburg Toyota. Kelly Sander, hey, Bob Getty in the fourth. So you drive a Toyota, don't you, Sander? Yeah, I was just to say, Uncle Sam is just sending you your your next nine hundred dollars. That's that just you know your your COVID stimulus is supposed to be showing up in the next week or two. So hmm. uh, 
Are, are, do you really think you'll get it in the next week or two, Kelly? If you're getting one, that, that seems pretty quick, doesn't it? Considering a lot of other things that were mailed uh, a month ago, you right? Still or still not gotten. here? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just what they say. So, but that would that would make it. You know, got tax season coming up too, so make a good yeah. down payment for a car. You got it. All right, Kelly. We're down to two games in the regular season of the big show, the National Football League, and uh, let's let's start here locally. The Saints uh, beaten yesterday by Kansas City. It just appears to me that it's a matter of can anyone beat Kansas City because right now their offense just seems unstoppable. Yeah, but I, I, I think not only do I think Kansas City is 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 beatable, and I know only the Raiders have done it, but I just have a really funny feeling that Chiefs aren't even going to win the AFC. Really? Who, who do you uh, like? I, I think I think the Buffalo Bills are going to well, win. Well, the they're AFC. the sleeper, aren't they? You know, um, uh, Allen at quarterback, they've they've just been. They've been terrific, and you know I, why nobody's picking the Steelers either. Um, you know the Steelers, the AFC is just so good. I mean, yeah. you know, from top to bottom, they're pretty good. But I, it wouldn't just surprise me though if that was a preview of the Super Bowl yesterday, the Saints against the Chiefs. No, yeah. uh, Quez Watkins, former Southern Miss wide receiver, now at the Philadelphia Eagles, had him a great touchdown yesterday. A little swing pass out into the left flat, and he had uh, two or three uh, per- Cardinals pursuing him there, and he just did a spin move, man, and left him in the dust. It was his first NFL touchdown. You know, good for him. He got to got to keep that uh, that football. Uh, Nick Merritt did not have a great day uh, yesterday. Um, and, so, you know, poor, poor Nick. I mean, he, he has a lot of the, when these interceptions. A lot of them get tipped, you know, and, and the old tip drill, and guys pick them off and go the other way. And, and NFL, we've talked on this show, Bob, about how we think that Nick would be a great starting quarterback, you know, for some teams in the NFL. But the rap on him is that he turns it over too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's thrown 11 touchdowns and had um, either 13 or 14 interceptions now and, and it, it is prone to fumble. So, and, you know, once you get that rap put on you, no matter, not, that necess- not that rap necessarily, but just any rap, you know, once you get a label, uh, it's real, it's, it's difficult for, you know, to kind of shake that. But, we're hoping that, that Nick can get things uh, turned around a little bit there with right. the 49ers. And Eco e- e- Smith finds himself as the running back of the Atlanta Falcons, who, in typical Falcon fashion, had a lead for every minute of the game except the last minute and uh, <laughs> lost it again. Edo's um, uh, found him a home in Atlanta, I think. I think Edo and I think Jalen Richard's found a home out in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, so you got to feel great for these kids, Kelly. It, the biggest thing in the NFL, Bob, is if you can stay healthy. Right. You know, I mean, look at Frank Gore. All right, that guy. You know, Brett Favre was. It was nearly inhuman how that how durable that guy was. You know, and Frank Gore at the the brutal position of running back. I mean, getting bashed every single week. You know, for the number of years, but he never gets hurt. Yeah. And then you get some guys who are immensely talented and are always hurt. Right, you know, and in fact, the, Gore caught the caught the pass yesterday that sealed the win for the Jets to knock off the Los Angeles Rams. It was Gore that caught the uh, the pass that sealed that deal. How do you, how do you explain games like that? I, I, I don't, you know, it's overlooking. You know, uh, the, the Jets showing a little bit of pride. Of course, now the Jets fans, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Now the Jets fans are mad that that win cost them the number one pick in the draft. <laughs> so, it's like you can't win for losing, you know. 
Um, but but the point I was going to make about about Gore, like I said, he, he probably was not ever the most talented court, uh, running back in the league, but he's always going to be able to get a job because he's durable. He never gets right. hurt. No question. You know, and there's some there's some really talented guys in the NFL, really talented, God gifted, talented guys that are not going to get to play in the league very long because they can't stay healthy. Correct. Correct. You know. Correct. It's, just, it's so important. I mean, the, the teams that have. That most the the longest list of healthy starters at the end of the years is probably going to be, be the team that wins it. That's you know, right. like no other sport. And now they're talking, you know, in the NFL Players Association talking about adding another regular season game. I mean, good heavens, it's already a mass unit on just about every team. Yeah, I would think sixteen you know? is plenty. All right, Kelly, yeah. uh, fifteen seconds left. The Monday night football preview. The Pittsburgh Steelers and your Cincinnati Bengals. How you like it, Kelly? How you see it playing out? Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, hundred and five. The Bengals. <laughs> no, three. Kelly. This could be this could be the upset of Monday Night Football for the year, man. Have some faith, Bob. You are gargling with bong water. <laughs> <laughs> What's? The, I don't understand what you're talking about. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is, that, that is not going to happen. All right, that wraps things up. Uh, congratulations again to Mississippi State and South Carolina. Sterling two-win seasons and uh, wish you nothing but the best in the postseason bowl games. Uh, I'm out I'm out to the first of the year, Kelly, and I hope you and Luke have a good time in my absence, and uh, you and I will be talking for sure. Well, you're obviously dishing out some sarcasm for Christmas. So. A tad. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, Kelly. Thanks, bud. You too. Southern Miss. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.